Living the Dream acknowledges the traditional owners of the land it is recorded on, especially the Jagera and Turrbal peoples, elders past, present and future, and their continuing struggles for justice and self-determination. Podcast. Living the Dream is an irregularly published anti-capitalist podcast from Brisbane. G'day, you're listening to Living the Dream and you're here with Dave. You can follow me on Twitter at with Sober Senses. And I'm pretty excited today. I'm hanging out with Fergal and Andrew who are from the Anti-Poverty Network. South East Queensland? No, South Queensland. Queensland. No, Queensland. All Queensland. You're all of Queensland. Where was the last time you went to Toowoomba? We haven't gone yet, but we will. Yeah, I've been what to about Cairns? I've been to Rockhampton. All right, been to Rockhampton. Okay, excellent. So basically, I just wanted to like catch up today and talk about what is the Anti-Poverty Network, why you've come together to form it, what, what your activity is, and a bit maybe about your strategic thinking behind it as well, like where you see it going. And I wanted to do this um, because I really think what the Anti-Poverty Network are doing is really an example of a different kind, I don't even know if you use the term activism, but like a a different kind of radical activity from the standard sell papers, go to protests, news cycle activity, and it's really exciting and I'm really inspired by it. So part of this is me being a kind of APN fanboy, but also because I think the work is important, but there's a bigger story as well, despite the work being important. So who wants to start? What's APN all about? Yeah, okay. Um, Well, APN, I suppose, one of our biggest inspiration is I suppose doing politics in a way that's actually helping people in the present time like at its core like rather than just telling people trust us this is our political perspective we're putting our political perspective into practice and we identified an area where the state's not you know there's not the state's not really doing anything other organizations aren't really doing anything and that's actually organizing at a grassroots level with people in poverty like people do charity and that kind of stuff but they don't do it as people in poverty like as people who are struggling yeah so what's the difference between what apn does and charity let's start there well we're run by people in poverty that's 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 a major difference and also we i mean because we have that sort of it's all about i guess lived experience in a lot of ways and also that we're outside of see people like charities they they're so they're funded by the state and they're like you know part of the state really and they, it, it's, 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 they kind of band-aid a gaping wound, which is poverty and Centrelink and things like that. And so our perspective is that we are people, well, one, we're radical, one, we fund ourselves, and three, well, one, we, one, oh, can I, can I start again? <laughs> no, no, you can have as many numbers as you want. <laughs> so one, we are, people on Centrelink are in poverty, so we have the direct experience of that. Two, we have radical politics in that we understand poverty is a systemic issue created by capitalism, it's not something you can just, you know, apply a bit of a fix to. It's, it's, it's something that's always going to be there as long as capitalism is there. And three, we fund ourselves. We're not funded by the state. We're outside of the state. And so we have the ability to actually challenge the state and to challenge the capitalist system. So, so tell us the origin story. Like, how did it come together? Um, okay, well, the origin story was, uh, what was it? Was it last year? No, the year before last. I forget how old we are. Go Between Bridge. Go Between Bridge. Where there was... Uh, group of homeless people who had been camping underneath the go-between bridge Camp, Brisbane City Council wanted to move those people on. We kind of saw that 
there's a lack of, in in Brisbane at least there's a lack of like even though there's like a real outcry against that kind of stuff the state doing those kind of things like a council you know for developers whatever that there's a lack of organisation to actually bring people together in a way to mobilise people in support of people who are homeless and so we kind of well we saw that as a as not as a as a necessity to to create these kind of bodies that actually represent people and are capable of calling people so that was the origin uh and from there we kind of brought people together like started talking to other social workers other people like who were homeless and other people in the activist community what you know what does a body need to be what kind of perspective do we need to have what are the limitations of charities and that kind of stuff what are the limitations of current political organizing and how can we be different so that that's kind of the 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 crux of the origin and then and then from there we like we were initially focused on what can we do to support people who are homeless and like the right to be in like i guess like that right to the city kind of stuff like the right if if the the state's not going to give people housing then people should at the very least have the right to camp under a bridge and not worry about the cops coming to kick them on and from there we sort of thought well you know there's also issues of you know, like people on Centrelink, like that's another area where we can sort of start lo- like thinking about directing our activity and also um, considering about other intersections of race, of gender, of queerness and how these all play in and that we can kind of sort of like make a broad inclusive politics. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Andrew? Um, yes, yeah, I mean, that sums it up really. It, it's all about like, yeah, it's just, it's it's identifying that there's there's a sort of there's there's people who are outraged and angry and destitute and who who really just who are isolated and have a lot of you know alienation from the system because of the position that they're in that capitalism puts them into because you know they're either unemployed or homeless or or basically not contributing their labour to the system more or less and it's just about going out there and getting them and and you know realizing that there's a movement there and there's people there who like there's something to be built there with people who are you know directly suffering from the system and you can relate that system to them and say well this is what it's actually this is why you're suffering you know and another thing as well is like we, we do acknowledge that there are other organizations that are doing work like you know like charity church, charities do do good work like we can't deny that you know churches do decent work when they like put on soup kitchens and that kind of thing um and, and you know like a non-aligned like other non-aligned kind of welfare advocacy groups but we sort of saw, like, a lot of the time, and, and it's conversations we've had with other social workers and other social organisations as well, is that it's like they're kind of all trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, they're all, like, this, even, I guess that's neoliberalism, where all these different organisations that are supposedly have the same goal feel the need to compete with one another. And so we kind of had a perspective of it's like, well, we don't necessarily need to go in there and do everything ourselves, but, like, sometimes even just finding out who's doing what how we can connect with them better how like we can like help them doing the work they're doing or they can help us or how we can get them in touch with other groups that kind of thing like so I guess that's the the networking part of it it's like it's like not just trying to be the ones doing everything but how can we better help coordinate with other people who are doing stuff now the thing that really strikes me what you're saying at the moment is how much when I norm when we normally you know when we normally so turn on the tv and hear discussions about poverty all, if they are do exist, they're always really individualised stories, right? So, you know, you might have a sharp, harsh, conservative story, which is, oh, that person's a bludger, they're a fuckwit, they're a drug addict, therefore we've got to get in and transform them. Or you might even have, like, you know, a soft, lefty story, which is, 
you know, they've fallen on hard times, they need more skills, how can we skill them up? And I guess for a lot of charities and a lot of, um, the like, that also becomes your daily reality because, you you know, you must spend your entire time as a charity dealing with individual case after individual case. And even if you're entirely the best person in the world and really committed, that's all you would do, right? So it's really kind of exhilarating to hear this discussion to go, well, poverty is a collective problem that the poor as a group can begin to address. Now, before I want to get into what that looks like, but also, um, now the name, there's other groups in Australia that use that name. So is there a national conversation that fed into the formation of the Anti-Poverty Network here? Well, we were very inspired by the work of our Anti-Poverty Network South Australia, and they, they're probably the largest group of us. And um, so we formed sort of we named themselves after them, and we, we we also steal a lot of their ideas as well. But we, so we, so we, um, so yeah, we we kind of we were inspired by them. We we took our name from them, and there's we all kind of the great thing about it, I think, is that we all formed kind of a, like we're all separate or all autonomous. So like we all relate our situation to each city and to each problem in each city. And I mean, the problems I've been out over to Adelaide, and the problems of Centrelink are pretty much the same as they are here. They're not. Like it's all everyone's like the cashless welfare cards over there. All the you know people are, the Centrelinks are all getting cut over there. It's a national issue, but so this that's why these groups are forming around kind of the same sort of issues. And there's also the uh, Australian Unemployed Workers Union as well down in Melbourne. Um, they're a big influence as well, I guess. And again, they're doing the same thing, but around job search agencies and then fighting against job search agencies because they they exist to profit. They don't exist to get you a job. That's just the reality. Um, but yeah, so and then also recently the uh, Anti-Poverty Network uh, Perth has formed and there's also Anti-Poverty Network Victoria, which I think is not quite as active, but it's around. So and so recently we had a conference last year, uh, 2017, that was our first one that we went to, National Anti-Poverty Week Conference. We're hosting the, this one this year uh, on the 20, 28th of October um, at Western United Church. But we so basically we've started talks around building a national group we've started like we're all in contact with each other we're all organizing with each other and hopefully out of this conference this year we're going to have like a big sort of national page and a national group and a national front really or of, of different autonomous groups in each of their cities working towards poverty based on the context which i think is fantastic because it's not top down you know yeah Already you've mentioned a couple of specific issues, so like the basics card, job networks, treatment by Centrelink. Beyond just the horrible fact of not having any money, are there particular issues in this particular moment that you think are the kind of flashpoints or either immiserating people who are poor or are points of struggle around people who are in conditions of poverty? Well, I think just like the discussion, I mean, like there's this increasing discussion about uh, what stagnating wages for people who are working, and if wages are stagnating for people who are working, what's that mean for pe- either people who are you know, precariously up employed or unemployed altogether? But you know, it kind of seems like there's this, and especially with discussions about wealth inequality, I think like it's it's really easy to start. I think there is a national kind of interest to start talking about cost of, like what the money we have in our pocket to buy stuff and so that's becoming like there's a big push around to a campaign to raise new start put it above the poverty line like we you know we've got all this growth and you know economic wealth in australia yet people live below the poverty line here and like and that's kind of like just taken for granted or barely even discussed so because new start hasn't increased in some god-awful period of time has it 20 years or something i think or 20 yeah yeah well there you go paul keating 
Um, and so that's a really big issue. Like, and it's it's one there's been a lot of traction with getting even local councils to support a campaign to raise New Start because even they can see the benefit of it. It's like, well, you've got your residents having more money they've in their pocket. They're gonna they're not they're gonna spend that money in their community, and that's gonna you know flow on to businesses around there. So even from that kind of economic kind of perspective, they can see the benefit in supporting that, uh, and and which is great because it's meant that we've got essentially rep representative bodies, like bodies representing like thousands, of, like hundreds of thousands of people supporting a race to welfare. So that's kind of been a really, really, something that's been really successful for anti-poverty networks, like in Queensland, uh, sorry, in South Australia, especially where they've got, what is it like 12, count, 16 councils supporting like that, supporting their campaign for a race new start. And we're hoping to get Logan on board, Logan Council and eventually Brisbane and same kind of thing. Um, but yeah, but that's a big issue, the welfare. Uh, yeah, raising new start. What about basics cards? Yeah. Um, so, again, it's, I think it's it comes down to... There's two bigger issues, I think, that come out of the basics card and things like that. The first, I think, is generally we're against things like neoliberalism, and that's kind of one of the crux of the issues because it becomes about, like, everything gets privatised, everything gets sold off, everything becomes about profit. And so it's not about, you know, like providing for people. It's about basically getting as much money as we can off people who are struggling. And the other issue, I think, is the stigma around, like, being on Centrelink. And that comes, I guess, from, you know, you're not working, you're not earning, so you're, you're a piece of shit, basically. And I think that, that the stigma around... So the basics card is, like... Basics card and the, well, the two different things. One of them is, you know, a very racist sort of, you know, intervention in the Northern Territory, which is another, you know, cross-section or intersection that we, like, we can get into as well. But the cash as welfare card is, um, it's basically they're both like they restrict your income on Centrelink, so you can't go to the shops or local markets or anything like that. You have to go to places like Coles and Woolworths. And if you're out in somewhere like Logan in the sticks, like, like it's, um, you can't really like, it's, it's, like, like there's not many shops, you know, it's all local, and it really destroys the businesses and things like that. And it's just part of a bigger, like, slamming people for being in poverty, slamming people for not working. Because you're not like a neo, you're not a, you're not a neoliberal sub, neoliberal subject, you know. So you, you're not you know so because you're not obeying really, and like doing what the system you know putting up with a crappy call centre job, you know, and and you know like don't don't leave it or fight for union rights or anything or workers work rights or anything like that. Just you know put up with your job, and it's all about like reversing that stigma and reversing neoliberalism are the two main cruxes and you know, all these policies and all these issues like the cashless card are part of that bigger theme of just making it as hard as possible for people in poverty and also, you know, at the same time reducing, like, like, um, like, like the rights, like the, the power of unions and things like that by having, you know... I was just going to say, like, because as well with the basics card, it sort of touches on what you were saying about this kind of individualised notion of poverty. Even when, like, whether it's, like, right or left, they kind of get on this idea that, oh, it, essentially that we just need to help people or we need to empower people and all this kind of thing. And the basics card fits in with that because it becomes about these people can't help themselves. They need us to help them. They need us to regulate the way they spend their money because they can't control their impulses. It's not their fault. Like, even from a left perspective, it's not the poor's fault they cut, they're spending all the money on alcohol. They've just been abused. Yeah. And, it's, and what we're, we're saying in opposing that, it's like, no, bugger off we can look after ourselves. Even just the anti-poverty network existing with the focus of, of being around the poor, organising. I mean, me and Andrew, we're on, we're on Centrelink. Like, we're, like, we've been on Centrelink for a while. Like, 
we've kind of like, and, and we've come from backgrounds of poverty. Yeah. And it's like, we don't need someone to manage our income for us. We can do it quite well ourselves. We don't need someone to set the tone of how we organise and what we campaign around. Like, yeah. And the, it's quite, I find it, it's interesting even how hard it is to fight against the implied moralism. Yeah. Because it's like part of the basis card is what you can't buy alcohol, you can't gamble, you can't buy pornography and whatever. And so, yeah, alcoholism is a real problem, right? But alcoholism exists right across society. You know, the thing that makes things so hard for poor people that are alcoholic is the poverty. (laughs) You know, that it's like your, your, your experience of alcoholism is radically different depending. Like, you know, you can, you can, one of the, I think one of the perfect examples, you know, you think the restaurants on Boundary Street. Right? You, can, you can sit in the restaurant and spend a god-awful amount of money on wine and get really pissed. But if you're drinking on the street, you'll be moved on by the cops, right? Like there's a strange fucking demarcation there. And of course, I don't think you glorify alcohol, but also it's like, it's not illegal to drink. Yeah. It's not illegal to buy pornography or gamble. So by, by like framing these into state-determined moral issues... You're actually saying that these people have some kind, are some somehow less than fully functional humans, and therefore needs the big heavy hand. And I remember reading somewhere as well that it costs about the equivalent of what your year. Don't quote me on these numbers, listeners. You go out and find them yourselves. But the cost of putting someone on a basics card is what about equivalent to what their yearly? It's about ten thousand dollars, something like that, and the yearly is like I think like it's sixteen thousand at most, but like that's at most. So, so you can imagine if you wanted to improve someone's quality of life, why don't you just give them the $10,000, right? What Andrew was saying as well about neoliberalism, it's a private company that's going to be administering that. Like, it's like transferring the role of the state to private corporations. So it's like, not only does it, you know, not... Yeah, they're based in Brisbane, in Tawong. So, like, I mean, that's kind of like, they better watch out because we're just down the road. (laughs) But, um, yeah, but that's the same kind of thing. It's like, not only is it patronising, not only is it the state like dictating how the poor live their lives, but it's also the state transferring wealth to the rich, basically to make a profit off the state could do itself if it really wanted to anyway. So it's like there's lots of reasons, grounds to oppose this from. And there's lots of reasons like why we hope that unions will get on board and, and help us oppose it. Okay, so let's get down to brass tacks then. What is the activity of the APN Queensland, everywhere from the Gold Coast to the Gulf, look like? <laughs> So at the moment we are running, basically I'm I'm calling I'm personally calling it the the APM Brisbane World Tour. So we're going to basically um, every single Centrelink lab in the Brisbane Council area. Um, we're going like every single Friday we go there. We go I think we're going to the next one going to Mount Gravatt and Mitchelton. I mean who, nobody goes to Mitchelton like you know what I mean. Well, Mitchelton's great. If you listen, if you if you're from Mitchelton listening, I think Mitchelton's great. But but yeah, so we're going around to all the different Centrelinks. We've been to Nunda. We've been up to um, Chermside. We've been uh, to, to Anala, places like that, and just going around and, and having a stall outside the Centrelink and just talking to people directly who come to the Centrelinks, you know. And we go there like 8.30 to 10, right at opening time, so we can get as many people as we can, because mornings tend to be when it's busiest, you know. And we're just directly talking to people on Centrelink and directly, you know, doing advocacy and also providing, um, talk about their issues, and then if they have a problem with Centrelink, we do advocacy work. So we go and, like, like recently we got somebody on the pension, actually, who the Centrelink was, was telling them all the wrong information. And so we like appealed for them and, and got them on the pension, just by you know talking about their issues and working together and and you know because when you go in as an advocate, Centrelink treats you very differently. So that's one part of the campaign. Is that sort of well campaign? That's part of the work that we do. Is just on the ground, direct talking to people, getting out there, and then proving what we're saying by actually helping people out with their issues. 
Can I just ask what what is that experience like? What doing these stalls? What are the kind of conversations? What are the kind of reactions you're getting from people? Well, the other stalls we have are down in uh, the Logan area in in Woodridge, and the reaction is actually fantastic. Like we were kind of worried about. It. We were like, oh, maybe we're going, you know, maybe people are going to just like have a yell at us and then you know move on. But people really love it. People are super happy about it, and people like we have we have incredible chats with people, and the people down there are really like. They're woke, for, for lack of a better term. Like they're like they know exactly what's going on. Like they can't look like you like and people sort of I guess like a, a problem with the left is that they sort of like you have to get all your theory right or whatever. But people already know it all. They know the system's like absolutely fucked, and they know that, that what, what's happening, and they know the rich are in control. And it's like and they have you have a chat to them, and they absolutely love it. And they say, yeah, I totally agree. You guys are fantastic. I love what you're doing. Sign the petition. You know, we had some people. We got people down there recently who are actually getting involved and coming to stalls. Because people have their own, like, people are isolated and alienated and things like that as well. And, like, people totally get it. And they, they're on the exact same wavelength. You just have to change your vocabulary and to actually, like, relate to people where they're at, you know. And also learn from them because they're going to be the biggest teachers of all. It, it's the people living there in the suburb, on the ground, in poverty, just like the rest of us, you know, on Centrelink. So, it's, yeah, it, the reception is really incredible. And it's so easy to do. Anybody can do it, which is the other great thing about it. It's funny because as well, it's like the, a lot of these areas are places where the left has just not bothered to go. Like they never considered, uh, like, and so it's in in a in a funny kind of a way. It ends up being like a, an advantage because like you get people that people like at first they think you're Christians and then they realise you're not Christians and then they're kind of sweet. You know, you're not trying to. They're not they're not sort of like sick of the left trying to sell them a paper all the time. They kind of feel pretty cool like just having a chat, talking about their issues. You know, you do get some pretty crazy conversations sometimes where it's like you know like the kind of like where it's like you know the, the sort of like the what there's this kind of stereotype where it's like oh you know like it's all the bloody muslims taking all the jobs and all that kind of stuff and then you know like simultaneously taking all the jobs and all the welfare what is it schrodinger's immigrant yeah, yeah simultaneously unemployed and stealing everyone's job um but um but but you know you have the conversation where it's like well you know is it the muslims who are in parliament and who are cutting off your payments and like oh no oh you know and and it's so easy to just like turn it around it's like you know like and again you know we're not going in there yelling ah oh, you're bloody racist just being patient with people like listening to where they're coming from and like just interject you know like injecting those ideas yeah this is like this is so important on so many levels, right? Like, Fergal, did you write something for Overland or were you interviewed for Overland where basically looked at this argument, didn't it? You know, that in these places where an inner-city-based, tertiary-educated left can't, never goes to, particularly in Queensland, right, there's just this idea that these people are just somehow genetically one-nation supporters... <laughs> And all we can hope for is that we get to move to Melbourne before the Fourth Reich, you know, gets re-established. But you kind of took that argument to task. Could you go into that a little bit more? Because I actually think there's something super interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, that was by um, uh, Joe Horton from the Greens, like, who wrote that, like, great article. Yeah, she she interviewed. I think, and the, the general idea is, I mean, it's like, I mean, they are One Nation supporters, often, but the question isn't, like should then be why are they one nation supporters like and how much different are we really like if the different it's like and then like you know like why are they one nation supporters and it's like oftentimes you come to it they're one nation supporters because they're disaffected with the current establishment mainstream politic and you have and again you have the discussion 
and they identify all these same things that are wrong with the system that we agree. Like, yes, there's not enough, there's like loads of wealth, but we're not getting our fair share. There's like, um, we're all insecure about being hungry, where we don't, we all feel powerless about the system. They just go to some other weird conclusion and like pick on the next weakest person. But that's because that's what they've been, who they've been told is causing the problem. And also doesn't tell them that they're shit. Exactly. Doesn't start, the starting point isn't your shit and you're wrong. Exactly, yeah, totally. And it's like, so it's like coming more at it, like, okay, what, what are our commonalities? As like, how different are we really? And then like saying, okay, well, and then again, having that discussion as equals with those people, because again, like just because we're from the city, just because we got a bit of uni background or whatever, we're still poor and we're still like just as hungry at the end of the day and we're still just as hopeless at the end of the day. So it's like, I don't know. And these people, I mean, it's like, it's, it's easy to like write someone off when you just think of them as, you know, like, oh, the evil, vile, one nation, white supremacist kind of thing, or like the UPF. But like, what if it's like your, your bloody, your racist uncle? You know, like, you don't just, like, kick people out like that. You know, you have that discussion and you kind of, like, you yell at them and you tell them they're a dickhead sometimes. But you know what I mean? But it's, like, at the end of the day, if we're going to win, we need them. Like, we need to, like, be the... We need to, like, do it together. And, Go for it, and I think um, it's also a question, I think, of, like... There's also plenty of poor people in the city as well, you know? And it's just that nobody talks to them in the city. Yeah. And that's the thing. And it's, and it's not about, like, I think, like... The left can, can get very competitive, you know, can get very, like, we all hate each other and all that sort of thing. I think it's just about, it's a question of tactics and strategy more than anything else. It's about just, you know, it's about, like, and also, and, like, because it, be, it could be, like, it could be easy to make the mistake of, like, saying, oh, well, like, Woodridge is, you know, like, the gold, the gold mine for struggle or whatever, you know, and to sort of fetishize poor people in Woodridge. And that's the last thing you want to do, you know? You want to talk to poor people everywhere, and you want to, like, also build coalitions of different groups and different areas you know like church groups and, and other left groups and like alliances and things like that and like because like I mean because that's what like building communism is right it's building coalitions and groups and yeah. different and different things communityism communityism <laughs> well that's interesting you mentioned the word community um, for two things because one thing you talked about before people feeling isolated and alienated you know and I think one of the things that has happened in the last 40 years of existing in capitalism is that a lot of things that we can call the community disappeared. I don't think they've totally disappeared. I think there's still a lot of geographical base links. But also the other point is that when you often hear people say the word community now, they mean people who are totally like me, that are dressed like me, that have exactly the same opinions. Where the notion of community, I think, already always has to have an idea that it's like how much difference can you tolerate before you kill each other, right? That's really what community is. It's like a politics of retreat. You know, like, it's, it's, you know, I think, like, in some ways it's like what um, the left kind of sort of seeing its power diminish. Who knows, maybe we could trace it back to, like, 1980s, you know, like all that kind of neoliberalism, like the introduction of neoliberalism, the accords, you know, like for social power kind of seem like people kind of giving up on struggle or whatever, that people kind of just like, okay, well, let's consolidate. Let's, like, kind of get together with, like, pull all our forces together, like, back into the city, that kind of thing. Um, but then it kind of goes even more, you know, it gets even more like, you know, with like, I guess like maybe with identity politics as well, where it's like, okay, like we can't, we're, ha we're having such a hard time. Like it turns out like dismantling patriarchy and white supremacy and like heteronormativity is like a lot harder than what we thought it would be. So like we've got to retreat and consolidate. But it's like, well, I don't know. You, you, when you do that, you give up. You give up. You give up the ground to the racists and to the homophobes and to the sexists. 
and you know the, the MRAs and all that kind of stuff. And so, like, I guess it's like us kind of turning it around and like, no, we're going to go into that into that space and we're going to challenge that and we're going to say like, well, this is why it's wrong. And they're going to yell back at us and say, no, you're wrong. And we're going to engage it because like, if we don't, we we've just we've already given up. All right. So, apart from these weekly stalls, which sound really interesting, exciting, you've also done two daily events. Is that right? Yeah. Who's going to tell me about those? So we've done this year. We've done two community days, and this is um, we did one on the 20th of January at the uh, Logan East Community Centre, um, and we did one recently on the 23rd of July. I think was, I think in it was July. it was in July, <laughs> and we did that at the um, Kingston Butter Factory. So what we're doing by these is we had a uni student uh, join APN, and she had this idea of I won't name her because I don't know if she wants to be named, but like she had this idea of like. Um, basically linking up all these different services for a uni project and we were like that sounds dope let's do that yeah. and so we basically we at both community days we linked together um different social workers lawyers solicitors um and services like multi-link life without barriers uh waves was that the last one dental stuff too. Dental, dental stuff as well as well that we got free dental checks free food banks and uh a free lunch for everybody who comes along as well and we're basically just about linking everything together and providing for people and and like are doing it on a budget and we, and we do it I think the last one we cost about 500 bucks and we, we, we absolutely kicked it out of the field you know and it's just about providing for people and kind of like I guess the old you know serve the people it's a bit Maoist but you know <laughs> but, but you know it's like bringing everything together and, and, and just providing and saying you know this is like because that's what we need you know that's what the community needs it's really desperate and like nobody the state's not doing it nobody else is doing it so let's organize and do it you know and not because it's like a recruitment thing or anything like that but because it's like because we're poor too and we also need it we need this we need like this is community like building back community and and preventing like and fighting against alienation and also at the same time saying guess what you're here because the government fucking hates you and we're going to fight back against it you know and that's really fantastic so yeah and and again like what andrew said like we we're, we're poor we need it it's like Yes, we're going to campaign for, you know, raising New Start. Yes, we're going to help people get on, you know, we'll advocate for people getting on their welfare. But in the meantime, their teeth are rotting. They're not getting food. They don't even know, like, how to act. Like, they don't know how to access uh, housing in the, like, government housing in the first place because no one tells them the services that are available. So it's like going and, all right, well, let's do it. Let's put it on. Um, the other thing as well is that we've like tried we're trying to do like building links with unions and so like the MUA like gave us like a heck load of money towards um, hiring the venue as well as um, uh, putting on a barbecue and and again it's that same kind of thing like oh, and rap, and the re, and the retail fast food workers union as well like I mean who have like one of their particular, again, won't name him, but they're a particular organiser from Rafu. You know, if you're on the left, you'll know who he is. Um, dead set legend, um, who's been very instrumental in anti-poverty network, but even on the day, like, giving workplace advice uh, at the at the event. And it's Be, like, Because, let's just, this demarcation we have between poverty and wagelessness, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, there's often, people are working and they're in poverty. But, but also... And that, between the two. And also that this is like a working class issue. Like this is union issue. Like un the unemployed are not, just because they're unemployed doesn't mean they're not part of the working class. Like the unemployed are just workers who are not working. And so like bringing in unions to sort of like, like push that politics, like that it's like, we're all in it together. Like it's like unemployment is a, is a union issue. And again, like, and also like, because there's this idea as well within the wider community that unions just are workplace 
organisations. It's like, no, like their members are still workers and members of the union outside of the workplace. And so like giving, you know, like getting the union, that kind of issue, like message that union, poverty is a union issue and that unions are there active in the community, even if it's not necessarily like their exact workforce. I mean, like Logan's pretty far away from the from the port of Brisbane, but you know, like the MUA are there and they've been like super supportive of us as well, just like Rafu. So what was your evaluation of these days? Kicked it out of the park? Bit more detail. Um, yeah, kicked out of the park. <laughs> but like, it was, we got like the first one we had, we said we had about 60 people come along and the second one we had 100. And it, like, like just, it's hard to, like people were, pe- people just, yeah, you know, people just say, thank you so much for this. This is fantastic. You know, you can see, if you go on the Facebook page, you can see all the comments on it being like, this is amazing. But people really love it. People really absolutely need it. And they're sort of saying, like, we need more of this and we, we need to have this more often. And, like, thank you so much for doing this, you know. And at the same time, we've got, we're running, we also run an advocacy store at the community day too. So, like, we get a whole bunch of advocacy work and we get people onto solicitors and lawyers and onto social workers. And, like, and people, like, come out of it just, like, really, like, just, just helped, you know, and really provided for. And, like, and also, like, at the same time, feeling empowered themselves, like, one thing I've noticed from looking on social media, because, you know, I haven't been able to make it long to any of these things, is how it's transformative for the APN members. I'm not sure if you're members as well. You know, the people are like, oh, fuck, I didn't know I had these skills. I didn't know I could impact this. In... And so I think this is different from the tr- charity service model, isn't it? That, the, you know, the tra- the, the, there's no big wall between who's engaged in the transformation. Well, well I mean, again, and it's like... Uh, like some of the comments we've received as well. I mean, like even from comrades in the MUA, it's like just I didn't expect you to do this so professionally. Like I kind of think they just thought we were going to put on a, a barbecue in the park. And it's like, no, like we're unemployed. We're doing this like with next to nothing. Like this is, but this is serious business, you know, like like we're pretty, we're serious about this. Like, you know, we're going to have like, you know, like we're going to have, you know, coordinate, like we're going to have ushers. We're going to have, you know, like people like finding out what people's particular needs are. We're going to have like, it all kind of like categorised so like people know what service they're going to. It's like, just because we're not working, like just because we're not getting paid for this doesn't mean that we don't take it seriously, essentially. Yeah. And I think too, like, there's a great point around like empowering members as well because like to organise and to be sort of revolutionary, like like you have to believe everyone can do it because that's kind of, like that's emancipatory, you know? You have to believe that like, you can't sort of say, oh, that person's, you know, they're not skilled enough to do it or that person's shit or that person's that. You have to, like, believe and encourage and push everybody together because, like, 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 because organising, like, can be, like, a, like, it's, 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 if we, if we, if we really want, like, a universal society, then, like, organising has to be, like, a universal skill, you know, and everybody has to be empowered and everybody has to be unlocked to their full potential, you know, and we really believe in that and, and embrace that in our organising because it's a team effort, you know, everyone does it and everyone contributes and everyone puts in shitloads of effort and we're all great and we're fantastic, you know, and, like, and it's, and it's because we all have that collective, like, collective belief in, and democratic belief and and belief in that that we can all be universal and we can all fight for a society so like let's actually act like let's act like 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 what we, what it would be like if we were actually in that you know if this was the early 2000s the room would be full of people clicking in agreement <laughs> but i think the language now is to say that's fire isn't it i think that uh, that's so what's next so how do you 
obviously, you know, you can only, I'm not sure if you can't speak for APN as a whole or whatever, how that works, but what's, what's, what's the future looking like? What's the strategy? Well, like in the near term, well, there's two things in the near term. I'll talk about one and let Andrew talk about the other, um, is trying to set up a club at UQ and start, like, pushing... Uh, we've, like, got the signatures, submitted the paperwork. It's just a matter of getting the approval, you know? But, like, again, like, sort of, like, make it, bringing... The, you know, pushing the struggle into another arena, really. Um, it's like, again, like what? Like it's like you work where you're at, and well, I'm at uni, so like I'll work there. And sort of like a, talking about student poverty, talking about, especially among like international students and stuff like that, but also just all students in general, and building coalitions from that area, like so that we can sort of start linking, like again, because there's this weird idea that like students are somehow detached from everybody else either everybody else on set on welfare or, or just even people working at all and it's like well no like we're all in part of the same system we're all being exploited just in different ways so like how can we merge those struggles how can we serve those communities and then how can we bring those communities in to the wider struggle to I know, like bring what those resources that they have their networks that they have their communities that we've they've got um I guess to make ourselves bigger and stronger. And then the other big thing we're having is, uh, I mentioned it briefly before, but we're having a big uh, national anti-poverty conference in on October the 27th and 28th at uh, Western Uniting Church and Common House in the Valley as well. There's details on Facebook, you can check it out. I'm not going to say it here because what's the point? You know, <laughs> you're not going to remember. But like, and so that's basically what we're doing is we're getting all sorts of different speakers. Dave will actually be talking. So, you know, <laughs> come along for that because he's going to be great. But, so basically, we're getting together all sorts of different speakers across different movements around poverty and issues around poverty. Like, you know, like and where they all intersect with each other. We're going to have a big day of action and planning, and a big sort of coalition building day, and we're going to have a big strategy day to plan out the next year. And it's a whole it's a whole conference around kind of building an anti-poverty social movement and going forward and 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 fighting together rather than just like because you need you need you need the you need the, you need the intersection between all these different groups and ideas and 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 politics and and like refugees and indigenous people and all that sort of stuff. And you need to, you know, everyone has to come together. Otherwise, we're not going to get anywhere, you know. Yeah. It's, it's To use a Game of Thrones quote, which is very nerdy, but five fingers, one fist. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should finish there, but I've got more to ask. Um, look, I'm going to have to head back to work in, in a moment because it's on my lunch break. But um, one of the things I'm interested in is, which I haven't mentioned so far, is where's the overlap around questions like housing? You know, because because something that I've noticed, and also by the time this goes to air, I'll have put up another show with Michael, who does stuff in Sydney with uh, Australian Unemployed Workers Union. We had a bit about we had a couple of chats about housing and how like housing is the issue that everyone seems to be talking about at the moment. I was just wondering if there's something going on there. Well, nothing. Well, we haven't got any plans immediately, um, but but again, it's that same kind of thing, like cost of living, the rising cost of housing same kind of deal that it's like just because you're not homeless doesn't mean that you don't fear homelessness uh like just because you're in a house doesn't mean you're not in housing stress uh, that same kind of thing like so it's like i mean we one of our earlier actions was squatting a house and raising that issue about uh what there's like at the time you know give, there was a lot of empty houses i think there was like census data said and i know we can like talk about the minute details of it but there was like sixty thousand empty houses in brisbane alone 20,000 people homeless in uh, in Queensland all up. So it's like, if we then expand that number, well, how many other empty houses are there outside of Brisbane? There's a lot of houses to go around to house everybody. There's no, this kind of like whole idea of, 
housing prices being so unaffordable is ridiculous when you consider the oversupply on the market. So it's like, well, I don't know. Like, it's like, it's not as though there's a lack of resources. Like poverty in Australia, it's not because of a lack of resources. It's because of a lack of those resources being shared appropriately um, and fairly. And so I guess same, and that applies to housing. Like there's more than enough houses for people. I mean, there's an abundance of empty apartments in the valley. There's no reason why anyone in Australia should be homeless or, the, or, or let alone uh, be unable to afford their home. So I guess that kind of... That's kind of How did the squatting go? Oh, it, it it was like it raised well, it, it raised a lot of attention. Uh, it kind of like it's kind of one of the things that got us on the media. Uh, we like I guess we were able to tie it in with a lot of other issues that were going on at the time, and we had local support. So and it was more of a kind of like a squat to highlight an issue then, because that's the, the contradiction of squatting, isn't it? That if you want to have a house that's effectively squatted for a long period of time, you want to do it really quietly. <laughs> It, it was, it's funny because like we had this, I mean, we haven't really talked about the history of movements like, and I've kind of wanted to, and I haven't known how to do it, but like Wollongong unemployed workers, uh, Wollongong out of workers, like huge inspiration, like, especially for this. Cause like we had this dream that we'd get into the house and that there'd be all this other stuff going on where the council wouldn't kick us out for ages and that we'd be able to use it as a base for like doing our advocacy services. Um, but yeah, we got kicked out like within like 24 hours. Like, like I think like they came at a time when there was only five of us in the house because everyone else had like gone to the toilet because the house didn't have plumbing. Like 30 cops to kick out five people. It was pretty intense, but we didn't get fined. But I don't know, like it was kind of, I think, a good action. In, I mean, I still think it was a great action because it kind of showed that we can do this kind of stuff. Like it's, it's actually really not hard. Like, you know, we just got to be a bit brave and just step out and push the boundaries and like things could shift but you know i don't think we're currently in that historical moment where you could squat a house and do what they did in like holland or germany in the early 80s where you mobilize 600 people to you know fight the police and smash up a shopping center you know we're just not like i i don't think you could do that <laughs> you know it could be a tactical i could be wrong but well this is the thing like why we need organizations like anti-poverty network but everybody else's group that is doing something like whether it's Socialist Alternative, whether it's the Greens, whether it's Socialist Alliance, whether it's war, like, you know, like I could name whatever group. But even that in itself is like we're kind of building our capacity to act. We're like gaining our own experience and like training ourselves up. So when that moment does arrive, we're ready for it. But also that we're showing people, but also through doing that, we're making that moment possible because people see us doing things and go, oh, well, maybe we can do this. If we weren't there, like stuffing up or like getting things right from time to time, people no one would have any like it's like well who would be laying the foundation for that 600 strong movement going and occupying and smashing up a shopping center and then at the same time everyone like like all the groups who got mentioned we're, like we're all doing our own like really incredible shit you know we're all doing fantastic stuff and like together like we all come together and, and then like 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 people say when that movement comes like we're all we're all we're all ready you know we're all and if the more interconnected we are rather than fighting with each other you know like I mean, like, we're going to have differences and things like that, obviously. But, like, the, like, the stronger we are, like, we're stronger together, you know? Oh, one thing, one last thing I'd like to ask about, so, and just popped into my head. In terms of when you do your stalls, do you hear many stories about people's interaction with short-term lending facilities, like cash converters and stuff like that? Because one of the things that's always struck me is that, like... You know, in, in Australia, we, on the whole, borrow about 190% of our disposable income a year, and most of that is through credit cards and mortgages. But if you don't have a wage, 
the only people you can borrow money from is the most predatory. Yeah. So I was just wondering if that had come up on the radar. Not really. Not really. Oh, well, fair enough then. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I'm going to... Uh, uh, anything we haven't had a chance to chat about that you want to talk... Um, just on, like, really with, with anti-poverty work, I think, like, you're just... Just as a final note, if you pick a government institution, there's a movement there, <laughs> basically. There's uh, the Department of Housing, there's all sorts of housing stuff and evictions. We've, we've prevented evictions before. Um, you know, child services, people getting removed, you know, for, for, for sometimes children are removed for being in poverty, you know, and they create the poverty and then they remove the kids from the family, you know. I mean, you could pick any institution, really, but there's, there's a wealth of work, and as long as there's capitalism, as long as there's neoliberalism, we're going to be here. Well, thanks, that. I. Forget the rest. Class war is the best. Full communism now. It's difficult to top. Um, <laughs> uh, well, how about that? So I will, in the show notes, link to APN. So I expect a deluge of interest coming in. Thanks very much. Let's catch up again soon.